Welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest happenings in the manga and anime world. I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is Rock. How are you, Rock? Doing great. Glad to be here as always, Kevin. Glad to have you, and we have a lot to talk about in this episode because there's been a lot of things going on in the manga manga and anime world that I wanted to talk to you directly, Rock. And so this episode, we're going to talk about some news, and we're also going to just catch up on some manga that we've been reading because I don't think you and I have really discussed a lot of like the current manga going on. So I figured this is going to be a good episode to catch up on some stuff. So, um, but before we get into like the manga discussion, I'm just going to do some quick housekeeping here. Um, as always, you could download it the Manga Revolution podcast at, on any podcast service on including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And we would really appreciate it if you guys rate and review us five stars on any of those platforms that you download us on. That would be um that'd be really helpful for us. And you could always follow uh, Rock and I's work on, on comicbookrevolution.com and where we post a lot of stuff about comic books and manga. I know Rock has recently posted about the ranking the Spy X family story arc. So you could check that out there. I also posted a re- article on the My Hero Academia Vigilantes uh, retrospective, just looking back on that series as well. So you could take a look at those articles and other stuff that we're posting on comic books and manga. Um, you could also follow my myself at on Twitter at the Kevin Lainis and on TikTok at Nerdy Kev. And then you could follow the Conquer Revolution at CB Revolution and the Manga Revolution Podcast at the Manga Podcast. Uh, Rock, where can we find you? You can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at Rock with two Ks Revolution. All right, Rock. So I know for the last couple of weeks, I've given you some sometimes bad news here. So <laughs> this week, I figure I'm going to mix things up a little bit, give you some good news, some bad news. And then maybe some <laughs> ended on good news here. So that way it's not just a rock depressing. Seriously. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't just depress rock the entire episode. Um, so, so we'll start off with some good news. I know a series that rock loves and I, I as well um, is spy X family. And we got some really cool news um, recently. The spy X family editor, uh, Shin Hei uh, Lin um, announced on Twitter uh, about a week ago saying that uh, spy X family crossed 21 million Copies in circulation. Again, it's circulation. It's not sales, but it's just showing you how uh, many copies are out there in the world for uh, for sale or have either been sold or on sale. Um, this is a big number because uh, Spy X Family, this, at this point last year, was at 10 million copies in circulation. So it's more than doubled um, how many copies are out there in the world uh, in terms of uh, um, how many are being out there for sale. Um, and this is a cool number in Rock. I'm not sure if you've seen, but Spy X Family, the anime has also been one of the more popular animes going on right now. And it's actually rating a 2.5 in Japan right now, which is a really good rating yeah. um, out there. It's actually the highest rated new new anime that's going on right now. Like, Obviously, there's One Piece, Detective Conan, and other ongoing anime that have a higher rating than it. But in terms of in terms of new anime, it's actually one of the highest rated at two. Like I said, it is averaging about two point five. It fluctuates between two point five and two point eight from when I was looking at Japanese rating uh, ratings. Um, but it's a really good number. It's showing that it's getting pop- popular out there, and it's the anime is clearly helping out with the um, manga sales. And Rock, what do you think of this, this number? It's amazing. It is so impressive, and it's a testament to how a not just the anime, but a well done, entertaining anime can just supercharge your manga sales. I mean, it's phenomenal, and it is the anime is really well done. It's a great anime, so I'm not surprised that it has just strapped a rocket to the, to the to the manga and shot it through the roof. That is just phenomenal. I had a feeling. I look. I I expected the anime to be good. I liked all the trailers that I saw and the source material is excellent. So I I had faith in the anime being good, and I had a strong feeling that the manga would take off. But this is exceeding my expectations this is very impressive these are great sales numbers yeah and this is kind of the dream for any publisher i would say that oh, in terms, or yeah. like any company really when it comes to this stuff because we see this in the comic book world too of mm-hmm. um and i know we bring up the comic books a lot because that's where rock and you and i come from yeah um and, and it really does help like when you do have a really well done series that helps also yep. promote the the main source material too and like it like people are, are super invested on, on not just the anime but everything going on like because you have the 21 million copies in circulation then you also have all this merchandising and that's kind of the synergy i think any company wants right of of oh, how much gosh. so so yeah, as long as it's 
pumping up everything else is not just the anime popularity. I think once the anime popularity bleeds into everything else is really the dream for all these publishers. And I think it's yeah. just showing the strength of how, how much interest there is in the franchise right now. Huge. And you're also, because the anime is so successful and is increasing manga sales, you're seeing merchandise, yeah. Kevin coming at you left and right now where you weren't getting a lot of merch for spy x family now right. <laughs> it's not a problem getting merch for that for that for that title kevin yeah. there's plenty of it now yeah and that, that that's really the judgment because we see this like i said with conflicts too like if a successful animated series in conflicts hopefully will bleed into the comic book sales and then also merchandise sales and all that yep. stuff so when Spy X family ha- has this with when it comes to its anime, and then uh, obviously again dub more than doubling, like how many sales it, it has had in, not sales but copies in circulation. It's yeah. had it la- uh, as of last year that just shows the demand really. That's nuts. And yeah, it's su- super crazy because again, it's world. It's this is worldwide uh, circulation, so it's like for you to double it that that's like that's the dreams subject. Because I think um, last year it went from eight eight and a half in twenty twenty. Which again, it's going to be affected by the pandemic, obviously. Yeah. But it was about at eight and a half in circulation. Mm-hmm. Then it went to ten million in circulation. So there was a difference of one, like about a, one, two, two million in circulation, like between between years. So from it to jump from two million in, in like one year from 2020 to twenty twenty one and twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, it jumps eleven million. That's just insane That's, numbers. It is. It is bonkers. I mean, it couldn't happen to a better yeah. franchise i adore this franchise yeah. so i'm thrilled to see it having such phenomenal success kevin i'm telling you when this <laughs> manga debuted back in 2019 I, I i fell in love after the first chapter and i i wasn't expecting it to be a smash hit but i was definitely hoping hoping that it would eventually get traction and become more popular that has certainly happened yeah. more than i expected. <laughs> Yeah, and it's crazy because it's also like the manga is only what less than 70 chapters in too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a long running series no. either. And for it to sell this number, like, so it, I believe it doesn't have, let me double check this because I should have checked this beforehand. But I think in terms of volumes out there, it only has nine, vo- nine volumes, nine, nine, nine volumes out there right now in collection yep. um, as, of, as, of, as of April. Um, it's mm-hmm. collect, collected all the most recent chapters. So um, for it to sell this much in just nine volumes, so like almost every volume you could say average, is averaging around a million sales at the very at the very least. It, yeah, that's that's insane. So again, yep. just congratulations to our uh, Rock's little baby here, and I'm sure that yeah. he's already pre-ordered all the good Smile Company and all that stuff. Yeah, for all the merchandising that he's getting getting from Spy X Family. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, a, I'm a proud mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anya will be very happy. And we'll, yes. give her all the, we'll give her all the peanuts that she wants, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, uh, it's congratulations to uh, Tatsuya Endo for all the massive success and his entire team because, again, they, they have something something magical there. So it, that, that's awesome. So we go from, like, this good news of a, one, one of our favorite series to some, I know, heartbreaking news for Rock that happened in the last uh, two weeks oh. here was that uh, Ayashiman... Uh, came to an official end last week. Uh, uh, so it's the Yuji Kakuza Shimon um, ended with chapter 25. It, um, and again, it's, it did end abruptly. Um, and you could kind of tell like rock, I'm not sure, like you were, you were reading the series, correct. Um, as it was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you could kind of tell that it, there was something going on, especially with like the pre, like, I think chapter 24, 23, it seemed like he was breaking the fourth wall a lot. And yes. I think a lot of people were questioning why that chapter happened, but uh, then as uh, soon as that chapter hit, and then we heard the announcement that chapter 25 would be the final one, uh, people started putting two and two together, and because uh, he did very meta stuff in that, like, uh, the penultimate chapter, so, like, we kind of... <laughs> Uh, kind of call, calling out like it seemed like he was calling out shonen jump and like yeah. a little bit right <laughs> yeah oh definitely so, definitely so i'm not going to explain how it was because you should experience how he did it because like it yeah, was yeah. very it was it was very interesting to say the least though like yeah. I, I have i don't think i've ever seen a creator call out like call out its own publisher that in that way i've never seen it it was a real curveball to me yeah. uh chapter 24 i was just like whoa whoa what's going on here yeah. Uh, that was very unusual. It it was it, it was different. I I kind of mm. like I kind of like that he had the cojones to do it. But, um, you know, I 
was uh, I was sad with how it ended. Yeah. You know, I think he had. I think there was a lot of really interesting storylines and some character work to mine with this manga. I think there was lots of really cool potential with the various characters of this world that he created and the challenges that he lined up for our protagonist. And it it's really sad. You could tell before the news dropped that it was being canceled with chapter 25, you could tell uh, around chapter 20, it felt like before that you could see where he's doing all this long range plotting mm-hmm. and for, for years of story content, you could see where he wanted to do. And it, all of a sudden it just started getting compressed. The plotting just really yeah. got compressed big time. And I, and that's what made me go, uh Oh, does he know something? We don't know. Yeah. About right. This title? <laughs> and Yes, evidently he did know something we didn't know about the title because it's, it just really compressed the plotting and the ending. I mean, you read chapter 25, it's it's obvious that he got cut off. He got his yeah. knees cut yeah. off from under him and really didn't have the time or the page space to really properly conclude what he was trying to do. With yeah, and, and even the, even the ending of like chapter twenty five was uh, yep. like you can see that oh yeah it's the story is ongoing it didn't really conclude it just kind of concluded in a yeah. arc but it didn't really conclude the story nope um, not at all not even remotely but, so it sucks for uh, Yuji Kaku because again like he was doing some good work it just didn't seem to catch on with the readership in Japan at, um, but yeah. we, we can't feel too bad for Kaku because he does have the adaption for Hell's Paradise coming up uh, for like he does have one of his projects that was the more his most success i think house paradise is his most successful he will have that adapted here um coming soon so yep. we don't know if it's this year like it's being done by mouse studios um but he does have that it, luckily he does have the house paradise to work work on like in terms of the anime project over there and hopefully he gets a new manga series um but yep. rock i wanted to talk to you also like with ayashima on ending this is kind of our first experience you and i because really we haven't experienced like mm-hmm. For the most part, we usually read up to like the last couple of years. We were reading really volume by volume. We weren't experiencing right. chapter by chapter really. Yeah. And so we like, were getting real time manga experience <laughs> like we do in Japan. <laughs> yeah, like this is our, this is like what I I would say what the last two three years where Viz um, has been giving us access to yeah. like yeah. M- uh, day and date translations of yeah. manga or at least like a couple of days between it being released in Japan and here in the United States for the translation purposes. Um, this is really our first experience with manga and this is our really our first experience with new manga because usually even like when Viz was releasing like new manga when it started doing that it was for long ongoing series that have been 100 chapters deep and stuff like that that's right really we're like the last year i would say we've been experiencing more of like newer manga that's coming out mm-hmm. as it's coming out in japan like ayashiman it came out mm-hmm. here and right away we've seen um super smartphone just came out re- recently mm-hmm. it's um and it, we're getting it getting that we're getting a bunch of other stuff that we've reviewed here uh, um so it's really our first experience with all new manga and it's really our first experience seeing how it feels to follow a series and get it canceled right away yeah. like not after soon after starting out so we have experience in the comic book industry sure um, <laughs> with that but like this is our first time experience that with manga and i think it's very interesting because for those that might not know shonen jump pub- like publishes a like a weekly magazine um, that's about 500 pages. So it's a yeah. mix of like My Hero Academia, One Piece, and yep. then it has a, uh, a bunch of these new series and then has some one shots. It has a lot of different things. There's also other ma- like manga magazines like Kandansha has their own uh, weekly magazine. They have also like bi- bi-weekly, monthly, and like a lot of different types of anthology type Shonen Jump series, right? Do you remember, Kevin, when we got Shonen, that, that big 500-page oh, yeah. Shonen Jump magazine over here in the yeah. United States from, when was it? It was about uh, about about from 2002, 2000, about a 10-year, 2002, 2010, yeah. remember, 2012 period. Remember, I remember that? it was always funny to me seeing that in like Borders bookstores and the magazine yeah. shelf because they didn't know yeah. that they should have put it in with the comic books and magazines. Yes! <laughs> So yeah, yes, huge, I love I love that magazine. It was so awesome. And it was so cool because at the time you're like, yeah. oh my god, this big, huge, thick magazine that had multiple different titles in one. This was so great. Yeah, and yep. um, one of the things that like I don't know if many people know, but in terms of Japan, they do pub- like 
one thing that helps them keep the cost down for these shonen jump is that they don't actually use like what we used to in, in the United States. We use more quality paper because just oh, yeah. how much they, yeah. they sell. But in Japan, they use more like newspaper style, mm-hmm. like very thin paper that's very cheap. So that way they could yep. publish all this. And they use the similar paper with, when it comes to their volume sales. So that's how they keep costs very down. And like, um, yeah. I know I, Rock, I shared with you recently of how much actual manga costs in Japan uh, compared yeah. to the United States. And it's not... They're not very expensive. You have even the volumes, so oh. like single volumes, they're not very expensive. But the way they mm. keep the cost down is by the, the quality of paper. But again, that just helps with uh, like getting in more people access. It's yeah. uh, cheaper, um, for, like it's le- less of a. Um, it doesn't uh, break the it, bank, does it? It doesn't break the bank. Yeah, it doesn't break the <laughs> bank for every, following this weekly like five hundred page thing. So, yeah. um, and then when it comes to manga, like really the what. Sets that apart a little bit is that you have have the ranking popularity and then also how much your first volume sells. So and that's mm-hmm. what we're I think we're experiencing right now is that we're seeing kind of like what is selling and what is not in terms of um, sales because like while it's collected in the Shonen Jump, what's really dictating how um, if you're going to continue going on after getting serialized is if your first volume collection and then also your your ranking within all the other manga because like i said it's 500 pages so you're competing against all these other manga and trying to get attention for the audiences so depending on how the audience are reacting um and everything like that that's going to be base basis of um if you're going to continue on and it seems like ayashimon unfortunately it was low on the monthly rankings and doesn't seem like it sold well in terms of its first volume so rock what do you how, how have you taken in like this whole experience of like manga can't like starting and ending so quickly yeah it's it's jarring kevin because of the quick pace that it happens like you and i are used to as growing up in the states reading american comics from dc and marvel we're used to it's a much slower pace so even when a title gets canceled early you know from dc or marvel generally you know historically uh it, it you didn't usually see a title get canceled before it hit 12 issues, right? And you would get the heads up that it was getting canceled, you know, a month or two or even three months in advance often, right? Because you had so many issues still in the can to come out. And because it comes out monthly, uh, it, it, it takes longer to get enough of a sample size or whether the popular the title is popular or not for the company to decide to cancel it or not. It takes longer time. And then because they already have a few issues in the tank, when they cancel it, it's going to be several months before it's actually done. So it's much slower. And when the news hits, you get more time to process it. Whereas with MAGA, because it's weekly and the time that the publishing is so compressed, Kevin, it's like you, they get, they get, because weekly they get, they get a, uh, these publishers are able to find out if it's popular a lot faster than DC or Marvel can on a monthly schedule. And then they can cancel it a lot quicker because you don't have as many chapters in the tank compared to an American comic. And so it just, Kevin, it just, it's so much faster. It blindsides you more. And then it's done immediately after the news is announced. It's so much faster that you feel way more blindsided and, and shocked than you do when Marvel and DC cancel a title, at least for me. Yeah, it, and I think it's more of like how, specifically Ayashimon, I think we had what a one one week between because I know I, yes. I broke the news to you yes. of like which is so it's 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 very weird because like obviously like it was twenty four already twenty four chapters into it so it wasn't like it yeah. was a, a short series because I know that like in terms of manga sometimes they could last anywhere between like tw- like short ones could last any tw- right. between like twelve to eighteen chapters or maybe yeah. like Ayashimon twenty five chapters so it does seem like. Again, I may be wrong about this, but just from experience, it seems like mm-hmm. they're looking to collect at least one or two volumes. If like, yeah, by, by the first volume, if your vol- first volume sales doesn't work out, yeah, then they at least have a second volume to publish later on. But that that's pretty much right. all the time you get. And that's what it does feel like here. Um, and yeah, it's very weird because really it's what like Ayashiman got about like it's got a what six months to to gain popularity and really it's more like probably like five months because like you said before right. like around chapter 20 it did feel like kaku knew a, a little bit uh, like that he mm-hmm. they were getting canceled and 
with the time frame. So it did seem like that he was getting warnings or maybe like he, his editor told him, Hey, we're on that danger line. So like, maybe we should pick up the story, maybe try and get, get more interest. Cause like we're on that, that cutoff line. Yep. Um, and so it's very interesting because again, Kaku is also a well-known name, like pretty well-known name. He's, he's established himself with Hell's Paradise, which was his most yeah. popular work. So he's just coming off like his most popular series. And now for his, series right not soon after that one to get canceled is very surprising it's just interesting to see how the manga industry works because i know that like in terms of the manga industries i I don't know how the employee system works there but i know that in terms of like well-known well well well-known um mangaka they they do get serialized they do get employed by shonen jump they have editors from shonen jump and everything like that and for newer creators they're constantly on like a one shot cycle of like, hey, you're on freelance, you're a freelancer until like we see that one of your works is serialized, then we'll bring you bring you on. So like a lot of a lot of them are free freelance, kind of like like the comic book industry is uh, right. a little bit. It seems like the manga and comic book industry do works very similar. Again, I don't know how the employee system works because I know that when the comic book industry, even though you might be employed by like for an ongoing series, you're still seen as an independent contractor. Correct. Yeah. I'm not sure how that. I can't say that that's how it works here in like with in japan when it comes to shueisha and kondansha if that's how they they also still classify these mangaka even though they're under payroll if they're still mm-hmm. independent contractors again because i'm not 100 percent in that in there so like like we are with the uh, american and conflict so um so i i, I do want to do more digging on that side of things but it's very interesting just to see how long these uh, manga are going because it does feel like 20 has been the sweet spot for a lot of these manga now yeah. that we're get, we're getting here and um i do wonder how many more new manga we're going to get to experience this way because it definitely is like jarring to see how like quickly like manga ends because that's not something that we experience very often because we've like we've been privileged enough to just experience mm-hmm. the popular stuff really here in the united states and not the other side of like Oh man, is my series going to get canceled? Like, do I need how much more support do I need to give it? So this is like a really first experience here in the United States, uh, yeah. of, of the side of the manga industry. It is because you're right. Because before now, when we were getting just the the time tested, proven manga titles back in the day, right? And they released them, uh, visible release them in volume format. Well, we thought, well, gee, all manga just run forever, <laughs> right? Because that's all we ever got. And so now we're saying, oh, 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 no. Oh, dear. No, there's no guarantees. This is this is very this is very brutal. This is very cutthroat. And what's interesting, Kevin, is you and I did uh, a while back. uh, We did a podcast episode when. uh, When Ayashiman and Doran Doran both debuted and we did them together. And I remember at the time we were talking about how we thought it was almost like Shueisha was a B testing because both manga were very similar. They're both, uh, you know, traditional shonen manga action adventure, both dealing with the world of, you know, yokai or you know, Mononoke. Okay. Same kind of thing. Uh, very, very similar concepts. And we felt like it was almost like an AB test, which ones, you know, not both of these aren't going to survive. We're not going to publish both indefinitely. Well, I guess if both were amazingly successful, they would. But it almost felt like they were like, let's see which one, because they were so similar, uh, which which one survives. And at the time, I remember, even though I enjoyed both, at the time, I put my money on Ayashiman. I thought that was the superior title and was going to attract more attention and be more popular. And I was completely wrong because Doran, Doran is still going and Ayashiman got canceled. So bad on me. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's going to be just interesting because you said, like you said, Doran Doran is still going on, but now I'm just kind of like viewing it from a different lens here, just because yeah. this isn't our first time we've seen it. Because last year we also had Candy Flurry, we had uh, the Red Hood series as well, um, Ooh, and we had and- the one I liked that uh, the baseball manga that I really enjoyed, Nine Nine Dragons, Nine right? Dragons All Parade. Yeah, that also got canceled. And then the Naru, Naru one that seemed like a Naruto-inspired one. Um, so yep. we've had a lot of manga that have started and then it just ended. Like yep. it, it has felt abrupt. Yep. Um, and it just feels like, again, it's just interesting to experience this because we do still have the long-running series like Spy X Family. We have My Hero Academia. We have One Piece and all these things. So 
we're now seeing the other side. Like we're now yep. experiencing the other side because before, even if a series ended, we didn't know about it until we got the like individual volumes. Um, right. So we kind of got, again, we, we had that privileged position of not experiencing and that. And now we're, as manga readers, we're actually experiencing like what people over in Japan are, like all these fans are <laughs> in Japan are experiencing as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this trend continues, if this trend continues, because I'm sure that uh, Shonen Jump and Viz have other new manga series that they're going to be putting out here uh, to replace it. And because they, like I said, they published a 500 page uh, um, weekly anthology series. So it's, right. so we, we know that there's, there's replacement in, in the can. So it'll be interesting oh, yeah, to yeah. see how this, what catches on because now you're looking to see what catches on and what you could get in the early bandwagon. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I, I, it's, it's an exciting time to be among a reader, to be able to experience it like they've been able to experience it in Japan. It's, yeah. it's really fun. It's very cool. It's exciting. Yeah. It is also heartbreaking, Kevin. Yeah. It's also heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. This is now like we're experiencing like, we're like the, it's not, they are kind of like the, they are like the comic book industry. It's just that we didn't experience the other side of things. That That's we, right. Like the comic book side, right. You so, got it. <laughs> uh, I know I've had a plenty of experience with comic books that ended uh, quickly and I was very sad about it. Now I'm experiencing it on the manga side of things, but it's right. You know. oh, joy. <laughs> <laughs> As but, a long time hey, you know, Legion fan, Kevin, I didn't need more disappointment in my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, you know what? Let's pick up the mood here a little bit and talk about, so we had some good news, some bad news. I figure we end the, the news news portion of this episode uh, with some good news uh, with Dragon Ball Super. Um, I know, Rock, you and I are very hyped for the superhero movie um, that's going okay. to be coming up here later this year. Um, and we got some really good news, at least for myself, as someone that's a very massive Gohan and Piccolo fan. And I, Rock, I know you're a fan of them as well. Okay. That Akira Toriyama uh, confirmed this week that Gohan and Piccolo are the leads of this uh, of the movie. We have seen uh, Goku, Brawly, and other characters, and most recently, in like uh, we've gotten a glimpse of Frieza, uh, Vegeta, Goten, Trunks, Android 18, and Bulma, and like some teasers as well. But now we right. got full confirmation that it's not a Goku and Vegeta show for this this upcoming movie. It's actually going to be Gohan and Piccolo that are going to be the leads. And I just wanted to talk about this because this got me really actually more excited for the movie because for the first time, it's not going to be just another Goku vehicle. It feels like. So, Rock, what do you what do you what what do you think of this confirmation from Akira Toriyama? This is the best news possible, Kevin. I, look, you, you and I are big Gohan fans, and I guess we're in the minority out there. That's fine. I'm used to that. I love that Gohan is going to be the focus of the movie. He's a fantastic character. I I don't hide my preference. I, I like Goku as much as anyone else, but Gohan to me, I just something about the character is always really appealed to me and it's a character that i've always wanted to see get more attention it, it just it, just something about gohan's personality he's fascinating to me yeah and i think he's the most multi-layered character for yep. me personally Great. like because he's actually the guy that actually like his father saved the world and was the strongest in the universe and then was able to grow up like a normal person too and get a family mm -hmm. and all that stuff and we've seen how important family like his is always about family like where mm -hmm. Goku is, it always felt kind of like, especially in Dragon Ball Super, where it kind of almost became a joke of like how he just cares about power. <laughs> Obviously, right. like family backs him up and all that stuff. Like there, there's that, but he's kind of more gone into the, the Vegeta route of like, let me get stronger and stronger and stronger because that's all I want. <laughs> yep. Whereas yep. with Gohan, I think they've always kept him as like the, he, he was the strongest at one point, but he decided to go on to education and while that, that was a questionable move of why wouldn't he continue training and all that, it felt like they depowered him for, mm -hmm. for when they didn't need to. But I'm glad that, like, at least in, uh, Toriyama is maybe realizing that, like, he shouldn't have depowered Gohan like he, he did in throughout, like, the like the latter half of Dragon, the Dragon Ball franchise. And I'm re really happy about this just because Gohan is my favorite character, really, from Dragon Ball, uh, the Dragon Ball series. And also Piccolo, like, another one. He's just another guy that always has kept up, and I'm glad that he's getting a chance to also take a, take a lead because he's another character yeah. that, that it just seemed like he got left in the dust with everybody else from with Goku and Vegeta. So I'm, I'm glad about that. And it just gives this a, a different tone too because um, we do see the Red Ribbon Army coming in as the main lead, uh, bad guy. So it yep. kind of puts, puts into the air of what this is going to involve in because if you have Gohan and Piccolo as the leads, like 
I wonder, I do, I honestly now starting to wonder if Cell is going to get involved in this because we have the androids, we have the Red Ribbon Army and like the character that's most tied to Gohan really outside of his, outside of his family is, is yeah. Cell. So it's like, I do yeah. kind of now, I'm starting to get into those theories of like, you know what? I do think that Cell is going to appear in the movie. I could totally see that happening. And I'm absolutely down with that. Bring it on. I, yeah. I, I, I would be thrilled if that happened. Yeah, and what do you think, like, in general, like, because we haven't really talked about what do, what do you actually think about the 3D cell animation that they're doing, kind of, because it kind of looks like the recent Dragon Ball uh, Fighter Z, you know, like, they're using that tech. tech no, what, what do you think of the, that it, this movie is going to be completely 3D instead of, like, the 2D animation that we're used to? Like, we haven't really talked about that. So, Rock, how, how yeah. do you feel about that? I'm not too sure. To be totally honest with you, I am... I'm reserving judgment, which is something I don't often do, Kevin. Usually I, I <laughs> mouth off and, and pop off with an opinion out the <laughs> immediately and then have to either say, told you so, or walk it back gingerly. Um, <laughs> in this situation, I, you know, all of the, uh, everything we've seen so far, mm. I like. Now, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy that style for an entire movie, if it's something that I'm okay with in little snippets versus an entire movie, and that in an enti- during, a, the, during the time span of an entire movie, I'm going to be like, eh, I wish it was like how we've always gotten. Uh, but I'm keeping an open mind that it, it may work. It may work. I may see the movie and go, you know what? It's different. But I enjoyed it for the whole movie, and it gave it some uniqueness. It gave them something, something different. And there's nothing wrong with taking, yeah. trying to shake things up a little bit without, I mean, without going crazy, obviously. But you're trying, you know, some new, different approaches. If I enjoy it, maybe it 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 opens up a path. You know, if people like it and it gets praise, well, it gives them more options on what kind of styles they want to employ with future movies um i don't know it we'll see we'll see how i feel after i sit through the whole movie yeah yeah and it's gonna be it's gonna be weird just because i know the brawly movie did have some segments like you yeah tell, like they'd have that like the dragon ball fighter z style mm-hmm. 3d animation mm-hmm. um at certain at certain points um and it, it's gonna be very interesting to see a whole movie in that that animation style yes, it is. Yep. um and i i'm going to be it seems like the fighting will be very dynamic, but I wonder how much, um, how, how smooth everything will be compared to yep. like, the typical 2D that we're so used to. Um, I agree. That's and, the risk. Yeah. That's the risk I'm a little concerned with. Hopefully it's not too stiff, like, because I know that that's, a, that's the big yeah. risk, especially with how quick the action is for Dragon Ball, like the Dragon Ball franchise yes. and all that. So, like, hopefully the animation is not too stiff because that's my only concern is that with, with such an action-heavy series, like hopefully like the action isn't like stiff and the punches actually come off with the impact that they should. Dragon Ball to me has always had a very fluid and dynamic mm-hmm. style of art that it and it has to have it for the type of insane action that it is historically known for. You need that fluid dynamic style of art and the concern that you're getting with this 3D type of animation. The biggest problem with it whenever I don't like it, whenever it's not done well, is what? It looks too stiff. Yeah. It just looks too stiff. And with some some franchises, some genres, you can get away with that. You cannot with Dragon Ball. It, it won't work for the type of fights that we're used to, for the type of action that we're used to. That can't happen. And if that's the case, then a lot of fans aren't going to be happy, and this may be the only time they do this. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. that will be a very interesting <laughs> test because I know that we don't really have any other projects outside of this really for Dragon Ball nope. at least announced. Nope. So it's going to be interesting to see how the reception goes for this. And then what announcement they, uh, they have after this too, because we still don't have an announcement of like a new anime. We have the manga going on, but like there's not a lot of attention given to that, the manga um, just because again, it's, it feels like its own separate universe really. Yep. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see um, not only the reception of this, but how that it maybe impacts future plans. Cause you got to figure now we're, what three three years removed from the Dragon Ball Super anime now, so yeah, um, you got to wonder what they have planned in terms of the on, more ongoing stuff because it can't just be. I feel like it can't just be movies. They have to have a plan for something something new. Yeah, so. I, I, 
Absolutely agree. They have to. Come on. Especially, especially with especially with a Kier Toriyama designing like yeah. new older versions, official older versions of like the de- uh, of uh, not the Del Pan and Goten and yeah. Trunks and stuff like that. Now it's not just the Dragon Ball GT. It feels like they might be doing something. So hopefully we find that out soon enough. Yeah, I think so. So all right, Rock. Um, we're gonna move off like our news news talking, and I just wanted to get into some man- like talking about like manga um because we haven't really talked about like all the recent stuff going on in all the series that we're reading and so rock um is there any manga that has stood out to you like in the last few months that you want to just talk about that you haven't had the chance to uh, well you know kevin i mean obviously when you're asking me what i'm reading what i want to talk about <laughs> it's, it's my ex-family obviously it's yeah. <laughs> going to be my go-to it's it's still my favorite ongoing manga right now it it mm-hmm. still is it's it is not relinquished that 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 status it got challenged a few times by sakamoto days by kaiju number eight but it is not it is not relinquished that top spot uh you know my hero has has vied for it but pretty consistently gavin it has been spike's family it is just as good as ever in fact no it's even better than it's been it seems yeah. like every month spike's family just gets even better it's so impressive everything that we're getting uh endo is just killing it on this title kevin it's just it's it's pretty hard to do by the way this this is a manga that i've liked since the beginning it's pretty hard to continually get better 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 often manga titles that i like have you know peaks and valleys that's normal most manga have peak and peaks Mm -hmm. and valleys right Endo just seems to be on this upper trajectory and i'm sure at some point we're going to hit a valley it's inevitable but it hasn't happened for me yet yeah and, and it's i know and you can listen to our podcast our la, um, last week's podcast to hear about our thoughts on like the overall chapter that they had with lloyd lloyd yeah. um lloyd forger's like or kind of origin story and um, we don't get all his full origin but we get um, a lot of details on his origin um but it's very interesting to see how like endo especially like the last like the end of last year or so has started to find more of a balance where he's focused, like found a balance of like how many chapters to focus on each member of the family. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not just Anya focused. Like it was early on. It was, yes, it felt correct. like it was very Anya and oh, yeah. it's now like yours getting involved more. Yep. And so we're starting to see more story. Like he's, it seems like he's doing more story arcs and start, yes. especially with Lloyd and Anya or Lloyd and your anytime they get the spotlight. It seems like he's like, Whenever I'm focused on these two characters, they're going to get story arcs while like with Anya, I'm going to have more just like fun individual one shot adventures with her. So it's very interesting to see the balance of like how like it seems like once we get a your story, we're going to get a couple chapters of Anya, then we're going to go into a Lloyd story. And it seems like, what do you think of that balance of like how he's doing, like splitting up the story, storytelling for each character? I love it. I think it's perfect. I think that. Lloyd and Yor are characters that are better designed for longer story arcs. Mm-hmm. Anya, don't get me wrong, I love her character. She's not really designed to carry a long story arc. Uh, she's she's better for a one-shot or a two-chapter story arc, something a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. She works better at carrying. So I like the approach. I think it's working really, really well. He's getting much better. He's getting in a groove, and you can see where he's really getting a better feel for how much attention to give to all the characters, yeah. how better to roll out the story arcs. He's just he's just getting better and better with how to plot and pace the, the, the stories. Yeah, and, and the big thing that's standing out to me is just how he's aging up the stories as well. Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, the lighthearted anymore. What do you think yeah. of, like, how he's kind of, I would say, like, more mature storytelling, I would say. Um, what do, you, what do you think of like, cause we just had the Lloyd stuff and that, that yep. got pretty dark in terms of like the type of stories. And then we, we had the, your story of like her, her entire big arc that she had on the boat. Uh, and yep. then how do you, how do you think the balance has been working out for him in terms of telling these more adult oriented stories compared to like the more lighthearted stories? How do you think that balance has gone? I think he's, I think he's nailed the balance. He really has. I like that with the most recent story arc considering uh, concerning Lloyd's past, that he brought a little bit more seriousness, a little, little bit of darkness to the story. I liked it. It was necessary. And it's still worth, worked within the context of the world that he's created, too. It never felt forced or odd. That's really well done. I think he has a good handle on, hey, you know what? I kind of just put some heavy on the reader. Let's give a little bit of comedy now. Or that story arc was 
that was a lot. That was a lot to absorb. Yeah. I'm now going to give a story arc that's a little more fun. Keep, yeah, like keep <laughs> far in one direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we had just what last week's chapter that followed the Lloyd origin. Um, we had of uh, Frankie and and Bond going out to to pick up ladies. So it's, so it's very interesting to see. <laughs> it is exactly. like you said, like he does seem to like balance out like the serious with the lighthearted, yes. and we just had the now the lighthearted with the like I said, Frankie and Bond going to pick up chicks and. Mm-hmm. Their, their success or lack of success for lack of success exactly. <laughs> it's it's but, really yeah. it's really well done yeah yeah and that, that's good and I, again I, I i'm right there with you i think he's starting to really find his groove i know that i had some complaints in terms of the uh your story of how long it went on but i think in general yeah. i think he's i think he's ref- i think as you're as a spy family is going on you see how he's just refining his storytelling yeah. i think he's really found a very good groove in terms of how to tell a story with all three members, like when they're involved together, when they're like separate, their own individual stories. And I, I'm looking forward to what other stories he has for your Anya and, and Lloyd going, going forward too. Yeah, t- total, totally agree. Um, and the other manga that I'm reading, Kevin, that I'm enjoying a lot that we haven't talked about at all, uh, in, probably since it debuted, is Mashal, Magic and Muscles. I'm oh, really yeah. going to enjoy it. Yes, that's another one that's getting canceled. Oh my God, I just can't <laughs> An- an- another another manga that I have to break the news to you that it's going God. to eventually end. I know, but this one, luckily, <laughs> I mean, uh, we're already uh, we're, let's see, we're already up to about 109 chapters. So this one obviously had a lot more room to grow and explore the world and the story arcs. This one has wait. This one, uh, Komodo is going to be able to end on a far more natural note. You're feeling. How all the all the character story arcs, the main plot lines, they are all moving forward still very organically and they're naturally resolving themselves. This is moving to a very, very natural conclusion. It doesn't feel forced or awkward or rushed or anything like that. So I'm happy for that. I am sad that it's ending because I adore this manga. It might be number two behind Spy X Family for me. <laughs> This this manga to me is 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 a, is a modern manga that encapsulates all the fun themes, feelings, vibes that the Kanikuman manga gives me. Even though they're different, it's the same kind of manga at heart, and the feelings that it creates in you are very similar. If that makes yeah. any sense, it probably doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, and um, I, I was actually wondering about that series because. I, I haven't read it's past like about chapter 45 or so. Um, so in your opinion, like, because you mentioned it, and feel free to go into like spoilers if you like. Um, how, in terms of the characters themselves, like, do you feel like every, like how many character arcs do you think are going to be satisfyingly concluded by the end of the series? Do you think like all the main cast is going to get satisfying character arcs or is it going to be, has he moved on into like just focusing on uh the, the main character and like get, giving him the satisfying conclusion how has that just like gone on because i know like it is going to eventually end um so i just wonder how many character arcs are going to be satisfyingly concluded that's a good question i i'm very confident very confident that the the story arc for the main character mash burn dead is going to be very satisfactory i think it is going to feel very complete it'll be it'll be a full well-developed character arc and the reader is going to be really happy and content at the end of it no fear with that whatsoever i think that his two main sidekicks in finn ames and dot barrett i think both of them are also but they're side characters so not to the same level as ash obviously but i think those two characters dot and finn are also going to get very satisfying and complete story arcs for side characters as well. That I do like. Some of the tertiary characters, maybe not, okay, but at that point, it's not, it's not really yeah. fair when you're talking a tertiary character to get a complete story arc when you're ending it early. Um, I think that the entire, the, entire, um, the entire mission statement of this manga will also reach a satisfying conclusion and essentially the entire mission statement is basically that that uh 
essentially, you know, Mash doesn't have super doesn't have magical powers in a world where everyone has magical powers, and if you're born without magical powers, you're put to death. All right. Yeah. So, the the entire message of the story is everybody is special and unique, even if you don't fit in with what is considered the dominant norm. Right. That's that's the whole point. It's like all. Shown in manga, Kevin, they have a moral to the story, right? To make the little kid feel better about what they're going through. Okay, and, and, and most do, most do, most good ones do. And that's this message, right? Be confident in who you are, even if you're different. And you have your own magical superpower, right? And I think that mission statement is going to play out to a satisfying conclusion based on what MASH is going to achieve at the end of this manga. He is going to... You know, he's obviously going to prove that it's okay that you don't have magical powers, that he can, you know, be a, he can achieve just as much in this magical world as anyone else. And I, so I think that that's, I think that it's going to be very satisfying. Um, really the whole objective with this, this manga, uh, the mission that he's put mash on defeating villain by villain by villain, each one getting progressively more and more strong as till until we work down to the final boss. Kevin, spoiler alert, if you've not read this, stop now. But spoiler alert, Kevin, the big bad is MASH's dad. Oh, we didn't know that. MASH has always been adopted. We didn't know it was, you know, we didn't know who his real dad was. Well, his real dad is the, it's the big bad. So it's going to be a very, dramatic conclusion uh, i'm 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 excited for it everyone's gonna like it uh it's it's i would be surprised if i would be really surprised if komodo doesn't stick the landing yeah. i'd be stunned yeah and it seems like it seems like he already has how many chapters that he's given given for the length of this or the rest of his uh franchise because it was announced Unlike uh, uh, Shimon, like Mashal did get an announcement very early on. We haven't actually heard what what chapter it's going to end on, correct? Or correct, or, we or, haven't. Right. So yeah. So it, it, we only know that it's eventually going to end. So it's in its final story arc. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see how much longer it goes on, since we already had the series like get an yeah. early, like uh, advanced cancellation. Um, um, so it's going to be very interesting to see. Like when it gets canceled, and hopefully, um, I do want to try and catch up on that manga manga series before it ends, and hopefully, I do. Um, uh, for for myself, Rock, I actually wanted to talk to you about you mentioned it already, uh, Sakamoto days too, and I wanted to get your opinion on what's going. Um, we've gone away from kind of the family aspect of Sakamoto days, and now we're going into this island tournament, like island of super assassin tournament. And what what has your been your feeling of like this assassin like uh, Sakamoto days like and how it's kind of shifted its direction a little bit? I'm I'm digging what's going on with Sakamoto days. It is Suzuki has changed things up, yeah. no doubt about it. And this most current story arc is not what I was expecting. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. We've managed to introduce a lot of new characters, yeah. which is pretty exciting. I do think, as always. As Sakamoto Days progresses, I remain impressed with how Suzuki just continues to get better at his craft. It, it, you, you just see it, Kevin. You see it with each chapter. You see it with each story arc. I think that the, the story arcs are better constructed as they progress. I think the art continues to get better and better. Sure, Suzuki's going to take some pages off, Kevin, when it's not important. But when it counts, that art is going to be killer. So I've been uh, I've really been impressed with how Suzuki continues to grow. And I like that Suzuki is not predictable because I don't think this current story arc is is yeah. predictable. I think there have been a lot of surprises and I like the number of new characters that have been thrown at us. It helps to really build out this world of assassins that we yeah. have. It's really fleshed it out even more and make it more interesting. Yeah, and, and you know me, like I love a good tournament arc, and this is what oh, this yeah. feels kind of like. So, like that, that's yeah, one of my favorite things of, of um, any manga or anime or anything like that. If you give me a good tournament arc, that's got, that's right up my alley. So, like this definitely has that feeling of like a massive tournament with like the best fighters. And what I like about yes. this story arc so far, especially, is like 
we're starting to really see where Sakamoto, Shin, and Liu are really at this point in the series. Like where, where they rank and we're starting to just, especially mm-hmm. without them, like having to worry about as much as I love um Hana and Aoi and stuff like that. I love, love right. the dynamic and everything, but I, I do like that they're kind of removed from this specific story yes. arc. So that way we don't have to be concerned or Sakamoto doesn't have to be concerned or Shin or Lou have to be concerned about them. And they're yep. just allowed to be their badass selves. And I think it's mm-hmm. like a new opportunity to just kind of see these characters almost in a kind of different light because we've never seen them at their full power because they're always having to protect others. Like yes. obviously Sakamoto, we've seen a couple of instances of him trying to protect other people like his Lou and Shin and stuff like that and step in. Yeah. But in terms of just them releasing their full power, it feels like now we're getting a full extent of like kind of this assassin world because yeah. usually like especially with the, the trio with Sakamoto, Lou and Shin, they're always kind of fighting on the defensive, making sure that, like I said, their family, the rest of the family is protected and stuff like that. So that instantly has them holding back or fighting a different way than they would naturally. And here it feels like we're seeing how they would naturally fight in an open setting where they don't have anything to care about outside of like they need to kill their target or they need to feed their target. And I do like that change in this tournament, like this island, uh, island of assassins, because that's what this opportunity is. And Mm -hmm. it's really fun. And like you said, Suzuki's art style is like, I think, getting better and better with it with this. And he's getting more comfortable with the action. At the beginning, I think like when he had too many characters on screen, I think it's still when he runs into problems. But when mm-hmm. he's able to focus on like two characters, I think is when, yeah, t- I think two characters really where he his b- best focus is. But when he, intru- I think the only thing that he gets in the way of because of how busy things get is like when he mm-hmm. has like three or four or five or more characters in a scene. Yep. I think that's still the, the issue that he's running into. But overall, I think his artwork is getting better and better as the yeah. story specifically is going on. I totally agree. And I, I do. You're right. It Right now, this the way this is set up with this big tournament on this island, they're allowed to cut loose. And that's fun because we've not really seen them cut loose. And I probably like tournament style manga more than anybody in the world. Kevin, Kanikama is literally just one tournament. <laughs> After another. That's it, all it is. I mean, you get a tournament <laughs> and then an issue where you catch your, uh, one chapter, you catch your breath, and then another tournament. I mean, it's literally just tournament, 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 tournament. It yeah. does it never ends. So I might like it more than most people. So yeah. I was happy when we got more of a tournament style arc. They're cool. They're fun. They, 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 uh, they give a platform where your characters can just be as over the top as possible because you're not worried about any thing else no innocent bystanders no laws no loved ones no nothing it's a great this is just a really cool setting for for all of our characters to just let it rip and let suzuki go crazy this is like the perfect little playpen for suzuki just to go nuts yeah and and i think like choosing an uh undisclosed island location yep. where like there is no other people there's no buildings there's nothing nope, except nope. the fight except all the most deadliest assassins in the world yes. all just gathered here in this one island stuck together and i think that 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 was like the best thing that he could have done is like get us away from civilization and just like mm-hmm. these us world class world's best class assassins just go and go to town on each other like just taking each other out trying to find out who's the best and i think that's I think he's doing really good in terms of that choice. And like, it, it just, it's going to be, it's a lot different. And like, even that environment is allowing different fighting styles to shine, shine through too, because now we're not confined to buildings or like confined to the streets. So I'm um, surrounded by people, like you said. And I think it's just, it's fun seeing all these characters cut loose. And the, the cool thing is that we're still seeing Sakamoto also just continue his story of like, he shouldn't be ashamed of his current, uh, fat style like and he we haven't seen the skinny sakamoto and i think that, that i think that that's the smart smart thing to yeah continue his story of like yeah he should like he shouldn't rely on the skinny sakamoto because yeah. that's not his yeah. like true true form right um, even though it's like we've seen it as like the super saiyan form for him um but it's i'm like glad a that he mode. yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm glad that it, we haven't seen that yet and then yeah. we still have it in the back pocket while like sakamoto is yes, just focusing on on his current like it, it, yeah. it, it, skinny Sakamoto could still appear, but I'm glad that he hasn't just because I like the story of just Sakamoto, like the current, just Sakamoto being himself and like being confident uh, yeah. in his current, current form. I like skinny Sakamoto in teeny tiny break glass only in case of emergency moments. Like that should be a form you only ever see him break out. Like, I mean, once every six months, you know what I mean? Like it's gotta be just, in the most dire of situation, I think it's more interesting. I think he was, uh, I think that it was being used too much. 
And it doesn't become as interesting or cool or mysterious when you're using it every single, like every other chapter almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm glad about that. And it also just, like I said, it continues to like when the doctor took, called him out of saying, hey, yeah. you're reliant on like your skinny phones. You're most, like that, that's who you think you ultimately are. But yep. you should be fine with your fat self. Like you're, you're, you're just as good <laughs> at, you're just, you're just as good at assassin. It's just, you have mental blocks. And I'm glad that in terms of this, it was like, He's trying to get over those mental blocks of like he's just he's just Sakamoto. It's like there's no different version. It's just him, and I'm glad he's glad about that. He's the thickest superhero in the yeah. universe, Kevin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I think the only other manga that I really want to talk to you about is like My Hero Academia because I yeah. I think the last six months really has been mm-hmm. getting getting more intense, and as we know that we're it's the final um, the final saga and. Horikoshi has has continued to hint that he is pretty close to being done with My Hero Academia. He still has yeah. probably like another year or so, but um, he has continued to hint that he's he's ready to move on from these characters. Yeah. He recently did an interview. I think that he's like, I think I've written the most I can out of these characters. I've gotten used to it. I'm ready to move on to my next challenge. Kind of mm-hmm. kind of talk. Um, and we're really seeing it with these most recent chapters of like he's just going all out. We just had the Dobby Shoto fight, which I was surprised that we got it this early on. I was like, I did not expect it. And then no. that how it felt like it, we got a finality to the Shoto and Dobby fight. And what do you think of that? Like how that fight entire like fight went down for this uh, Todoroki family. I, I loved it. Like you, I was surprised we got it. legitimately surprised we got it this early. I was like, whoa, we're, oh, we're doing this now. We're really doing yeah. this now. Okay. It, it's fantastic i loved it i mean it was tense it was brutal it was action-packed it was dramatic i mean it was as much psychological warfare kevin as it was physical seriously that's what i thought made the fight so wonderful is that the majority of the of the fighting was 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 psychological and the I thought the toughest hits, the ones that made you flinch the most were the words that were said, not not the moves that were done. Really powerful fight. I I adored every moment of it. Yeah, and I was, what impressed me the most is how much Horikoshi got over that. It feels like Toya, like Toya Todoroki is gone and it's just Dobby of like, how Dobby is just a complete monster, like just how monstrous the, the character is and like, we get more into Dobby's backstory of how like all for one found him and then manipulated him and then just transformed him in so that it feels like Toya Todoroki does not exist anymore. Like he did officially die in that Absolutely. fire that he created for himself. And it's just yes. Dobby now. And Dobby is a completely new character. He still has that hate for Endeavor and all that stuff. Right. But I love like that, the complexity of like, like this Dobby that's just completely given into everything that all for one kind of, like mind controlled him and like manipulated him and he's just given into all that just because he hates Endeavor that much and he hates his family that much and mm-hmm. just like throughout that fight I'm glad that it didn't end with like Dobby suddenly becoming Toya Todoroki again is more right. of just like we need to stop him he's just too far gone and I, I like that avenue because I did feel like Horikoshi was trying to lean into like maybe Endeavor would have to sacrifice himself so that Toya could, re- like, Dobby could realize he's still Toya inside and stuff like that. I'm, I'm glad that he didn't, and I'm glad that it, it was just Shoto and Dobby. It was like, and then we got to see Shoto, like, how much he's, co- how far he's come to from when we first started the series as well. Like, he's not the loner character that he was growing up to be. He has realized how much friendship and, like, having people he cares about around him is important and how much that could actually fuel him to be make his ultimate, like I thought that that made his ultimate move even more impressive that the fuel mm-hmm. for his ultimate move that we saw him come up with wasn't based on like all his training. It was based on how much it, like protecting his family and friends and then how much their support meant to him. And I, I like that that was his backstory in comparison, especially to Dobby of like, he just gave into the isolation that all, all, all for one injected, like injected him um, throughout the manipulation. So I thought it was really cool. Oh, no, I'm 100% agree with you. It was the best way to play out that character. And I'm glad, I'm glad this is the direction uh, that we went with this character because, yeah, I don't want to see him 
turn good again. It's just, it would have just been so cheap. It wouldn't have been as powerful. Yeah. I, I like, I like exactly what we got. It was the right move. And it made, it made this fight way more. It had a lot more gravity and a lot more power. It, look, Horikoshi just played this one perfectly, I think. I think he just played this one perfectly. And, and I think it all, it all just goes back to, I just personally love how he's doing, making you hate off, awful yes. even more. Everything yeah. that, yeah. everything from the stuff with uh, Shoto, the stuff with, uh, um, uh, sorry, um, Shiragaki and stuff yep. like that. Like everything that we're seeing, all these characters infected by, all for once manipulation is just making you hate all for oh, one yeah, even yeah. more and that oh, you want yeah, him totally. to get his comeuppance. Oh, and yeah. Then now, and now that like the most recent chapters of him fighting Endeavor, fighting Hawks, fighting mm-hmm. um, Jiro and, 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 and um, Tor- Toriyama of like just fighting all these characters. You're like, I want them to beat his ass, but at the same time, yeah. he's so powerful. You don't know how they're going to beat, beat him. And yeah. it's just like, it, it just adds a whole new layer of excitement for, this new fight that now we're now we're focusing on all for one versus all the here like the heroes that are assigned to him, it's mm-hmm. gives like a new intensity to that fight. I think. Oh yeah, no, Horikoshi knows how to build up a monster heel, doesn't he? Yeah. He oh, knows yeah. how to build up a monster heel that you're just like, ah, oh, no one can beat this guy. But damn it, I cannot wait to see him get just destroyed. It, yeah. This is masterful, a masterful job by Horikoshi of building up his monster heel. That it's at the point now where the reader's like, you're, you're just, you're just salivating at a chance to see him get his butt kicked. But at the same time, you're left wondering, is it even possible? Yeah. Well, and, and and what makes it even more interesting too is that with these most recent chapters with Hawks and Endeavor fighting him, we learned that Hawks hasn't recovered fully from the yep. fight before. Like where they even say that his wings haven't grown back. He's yep. a lot less, lot slower. He's not fighting optimal. And then with Endeavor. We just saw him like he's we know that he's heavily injured. We know that right. and in this fight, he gets even more injured. Like he what I think he loses an arm. He uh-huh. and he's not in full control of his power, so he doesn't have full control of his power. So we have the top two technically the top two heroes right now right. that are kind of disabled and not enter full power. And they're trying to fight the big bad guy, and which makes like the entrance of, of Jiro at the like at the, the these last couple chapters. Even uh-huh. more impactful because now you have like the backup of Hawk's sidekick of like and then Jiro, who we haven't had much at all like development for the character outside of like the school no. festival arc. We saw like we had a one focus on her family, um, yeah. about her, like her backstory, but that was really like the main focus. And I love that she's she's getting a spotlight of like and how unique her powers are um, in mm-hmm. comparison and how they actually are helping with this fight with all for one. But at the same right. time, it's you're building more tension because you are concerned for all these characters involved because you see how powerful all for one. And then you see how like he has all these, like, you know, all for one has all these backup plans as well. So like, mm-hmm. it just feels like the constant danger that these characters are in with this all for one fight. I, I think he's re- like Horikoshi has done such an excellent job um, building that tension. I, I completely agree. It's, it's phenomenal. The way that the story has been constructed, all the various plot lines. Look, Horikoshi is juggling. Kevin, I would say this is a yeah. a Paul Levitz esque yeah. uh, number of characters and and storylines that Hor- Horikoshi is juggling. This is a ton. I'm mean, seriously, Kevin. Like, yeah. I mean, this is what you would expect from Levitz and Legion superheroes. This is hard to do. You know how difficult it is to juggle this many this many yeah. plot lines, this many characters, and make it. And have it all seem cohesive and intelligent, make sense, and naturally building towards something bigger and bigger and bigger. This is so difficult. Yeah, and I think what's most impressive is that you're not um, thinking about the other fights that are going on with Shigaraki, with with Izuku Midori. You're not like, I'm not, as I'm reading the story, I'm not thinking, hey, where's Izuku Midori? Isn't he the story lead? Where's Bakugo? Where's all these characters that I've followed for so long? That's not what I'm thinking about as I'm reading the chapters. I'm just like, fo- and like he's Horikoshi has made the reader focus in on what's going on on the page. Don't be concerned about other fights that are going on. I think that's always the concerning part when you have such a big, wild, wide scale um, fi- yes. fight 
um, or like multiple different fights that are just as important going on that the reader is going to be, it could be thinking of like, Hey, where's X character? Where's this other villain or where, right. where, where are these characters? And I think Horikoshi has done a good job of making sure that the reader is focused on what's going on on the page. And I think that's the most, to me is the most impressive oh. thing that he's done. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Getting the, getting the reader's attention to that page to that moment only, not easy. And and Horikoshi absolutely is doing it because I because you're right. I, when I'm reading the one scene, I'm forgetting about all the other fights that are going. I mean, they just go right into your head because you are so pulled in, you are so invested at what's happening on the page at that moment. You're forgetting about all the other fights going yeah. on. That is that's doesn't happen that often yeah. in a story that involves multiple fights. And I'm going to be very interested to see how he transitions into the other fights too now at this point yep. because of how how important he's made the all for one fight because yep. that that is going that is the thing that. Like now, as we talk about it, the other fights and things like that now, after reading the chapters, I do wonder how that transition is going to work out. Because sometimes, like, I think that's one avenue where My Hero Academia doesn't always work out is the transitions. Yeah, um, I agree. So far, he's done well from going from mm. just the Shoto Dobby fight to the All for One fight. I think the transition has yes. worked out well. Yes. But I wonder how it's going to work out when it goes. The other ones are, are we going to see the other ones already? There's going to be a lot of stuff that off screen that has happened, or are we going to get some catch up as well? Like, I, I do wonder how much um, catch up we're going to see on the other ones. Are we going to get those in flashback form? Are we going to get those? Are we going, or are we just going to be put into the middle of a fight? So, yeah. um, so that that is the only thing that that is concerning to me is that how much stuff has happened off screen compared to how much flashbacks are we going to get and how that's going to end up working for the pacing. No, I I, I completely agree. That that is that's a wild card. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. Yeah. Because everything is happening at the same time, so it's, right. it's again, it's gonna be interesting. Um, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's really like all the, the manga that I've been able to keep up. An exciting time, I think, outside of like some cancellation stuff right now, like we <laughs> have to face. I think we, the manga that we are currently reading, there's a lot of exciting things that are going on. So I'm glad that uh, we were able to talk about that. Agreed. Awesome. Well, I think that's really where we're going to end this this episode um rock again thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode and i had a lot of fun speaking with you on all this manga stuff awesome always fun to talk manga come yeah. on yeah. all right best thing in the world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right all right well um that's where we're gonna leave it and again i hope everyone has a good rest of your day